Yes, sir. I don't know how to say it, but after last night, I feel different. I seem to see ahead in a kind of way. I know we are going to take a very long road into darkness, but I know I can't turn back. It isn't to see elves now, nor dragons, nor mountains that I want. I don't rightly know what I want, but I have something to do before the end, and it lies ahead. Not in the Shire. I must see it through, sir, if you understand me. What an appropriate, appropriate, appropriate uh, opening excerpt. Opening excerpt there. I'm Danny J, everybody. And I'm Joel N, and we are Keep, Keep on, on Tolkien. We are proud to bring you episode 70 today. Holy shit. Yeah, dudes. Welcome back to uh, season six. This is episode three of season six. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We just, uh, we're just blowing through it, guys. We just keep on keeping on. Welcome back, everybody. Let's start with our usual announcement. How about that? Yeah, so don't forget to check out our new KOT merch. You can check it out at uh, keep-on-podcast.tmail.com. Yes, yes, yes. New t-shirts and designs and uh, other merch to come in the future. And we hear larger sizes are coming. By the end of the year. Yeah, and we'll have more designs thrown up all the time. We uh, we enjoy uh, making more new designs and, and yeah, throwing them up there. Yeah, us and our friends design those. So, yeah, like I've come up with a few ideas, and then people more artistic with me have, and, uh, have mocked them up, and they're great. Yeah, go check them out. Check them out. But today, our full review of Season 1 of Amazon Studios. Yes, long in the wait. The Rings of Power series. So, we're going to, yeah, spoilers ahead. Spoilers. Beep, 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 beep. We're gonna go in depth, and we're gonna review this season and what we thought of it. And uh, yeah, we're gonna go into it, give you the full KOT treatment on this. Uh, yeah, if you haven't been keeping up with our weekly reacts, maybe go check those out too. Yeah, if you ha- if you've uh, not seen those, go check those out on YouTube. You those get are to, on you our, get to see us on our YouTube channel. Yeah. So while we're on the subject of the show, uh, since this is the first time that we've really devoted an episode to talking yeah, about any kind the, of airtime to it yeah. yeah this is the first time we've just devoted any airtime to talking about the amazon series so we thought we'd start by just kind of going over the show in general since this is kind of the first time we're really sitting down to talk about it so. yeah so we're going to give you a little kot style background information yes sir so let's start with a, just a brief overview of the show itself the let's start with the premise so the rings of power it's an epic drama set thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings, and it follows an ensemble of characters, both new and uh, familiar. Familiar. As they confront the long-feared reemergence of evil in Middle-earth. Yes, it begins during a time of relative peace and will cover many of the major events of Middle-earth's Second Age. Yeah. Including, but not limited to... (laughs) The forging of the Rings of Power. Yeah, the rise of the Dark Lord Sauron. The fall of the island kingdom of Numenor. And the last alliance between elves and men. Bringing up the end of the second age. And the fall of uh, Eregion, too, somewhere in there, too, right? Oh, yeah, somewhere in there. Let's throw that back in there, yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's some good... There's not a lot of official 
narratives in the Second Age, but there's a good number of uh, major there's events. plenty of events that happen. And these events take place over thousands of years in Tolkien's original stories, but they're condensed for the series. Yeah, which happens. It, it frequently happens yeah. when anytime anyone's... In adaptations. Con- adapting, you know, yeah. especially books to film. That, that tends to happen. Yeah, that's what they call them. They're not the same thing. That happened with the original trilogy. That happened with... Uh, that happens with Game of Thrones sometimes as well. Like, yeah, think of the original trilogy, how it seems like Gandalf has gone for like a week, remember? He's really gone for 20 years. Yeah. Looking yeah. for the ring shit. Yeah, just stuff like that. Stuff like that. So now let's touch base on some of the production behind the show. So it's produced by Amazon Studios in cooperation with HarperCollins and New Line Cinema, and also in consultation with Tolkien Estate. It was developed by showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay. And it will be eight episodes, and they aired every Friday from September 2nd to October 14th of 2022 that magic year yeah technically the first two episodes aired on the same day and they episode or they aired a day early they came out on september 1st which threw a lot of people which really pissed off kot yeah it threw up our scheduling fucked up all our scheduling we had this grand grandiose plan to get together and sit down (laughs) and watch it on the first day that it came and then it came out a day early we were were like like, panicking when we both heard that we were like what the fuck right now we gotta avoid the internet avoid all the spoilers that everyone's posting Oh, what a what a mess! It was it was a little messy, but we you know we got we got into it. Yeah. Uh, so the show also has a five season production commitment, and it's worth one billion U.S. dollars, making it the most expensive television series ever made to date. Yeah, yeah, a billion smackaroos American. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. I don't know how much that is in the money where you're from, wherever you're from listening, but it's worth. Yeah, Google Convert. Google Convert. They also got the fantastic Bear McCreary to compose the series score. I personally love Bear McCreary. I'm a I'm a huge fan. And I really like the score of this show as well. Yeah, he did a really good job of channeling the Howard Shore-ness. The theme, mm-hmm. the thematic elements of mm-hmm. Howard Shore, yeah. Um, filming for the first eight episodes uh, took place in New Zealand. Very important to the Tolkien community, right? Yeah, so whole first season was in New Zealand. Uh, however, oddly that I shouldn't say oddly, but something that kind of came as a surprise to the community, Amazon made this the decision to move production for future seasons into the United Kingdom, where they're going to film the second season, and that's expected to begin. Uh, it, it it was expected to begin filming in October 2020, which is uh, 2022, which is right 2020, 2022. These, these 20 dates are hard to say. Yeah, so that's just a little background on the show, if you didn't know. How do you feel about it moving from New Zealand to the UK? It felt kind of sacrilegious. In a way, right? Yeah. In a way. But they did make a, a good point uh, when they said they were moving, and I read this somewhere. I don't know if you had this in here. But uh, it said that Tolkien originally was inspired by Britain. Yeah. It, so like, why in- can't we find these places in Britain? Yeah, it's true. Which is like a good a good fucking point, but I don't know. Like at this point, New Zealand is Middle Earth, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. As far as the, the film trilogies are concerned, yeah, it's all true. because the New Zealand Film Commission invested in its people mm-hmm. and uh, and produced those, right. those little horror films. Fantastic country for film. Yeah. So let's uh, dive actually a little deeper into the origins of the show. We're going to take you kind of through a little timeline of. The process. Where where it began and how it came to be. So, like I said, this is the first time we've ever really gotten to sit down and talk about the show in depth. So, yeah. we're, we're going to give you, you know, all the background on the show that we find to be relevant. Yeah. So, in July of 2017, 
A lawsuit was settled between Warner Bros., the studio behind The Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit film trilogies, and the estate of J.R.R. Tolkien, upon whose books, obviously, the films were based. Yeah, so with the two sides, quote-unquote, on better terms... Does that mean now that Christopher is dead? I think essentially... I think essentially that's what it means. That's when a lot of the wheels started turning. Which is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Just like we're on better terms because that old coot Chris is out of the picture. I hope that's not how it is, but it kind of seems that it way. It kind of seems that way. So they, they settled this lawsuit prior to Chris dying, I think. Uh, and they began offering the rights to a potential t- television series based on Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings to several outlets, including Amazon, Netflix, HBO, with a starting price of 200 million USDs. Woo. That's a... That's a good chunk of money. Good chunk of money. And Amazon emerged as the front runner by September of 2017 and entered negotiations for the show. Uncommonly for programming developments at the studio, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, Lex Luthor himself, himself. was personally involved in the negotiations. Credit where credit's due. I heard the dude is a big Tolkien fan. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't talk shit about, well, I can't talk shit about other Tolkien fans, but like, yeah. We have that in common, I guess. If me and the richest man have anything in common, it's that we like the same book, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Which, it's it's nice. I don't know <laughs> if it's necessarily re- an entirely redeeming. Does it make up for the evils of capitalism? I don't know. Mm, I'll let, I'll, we'll let our listeners <laughs> we'll decide. We'll let the listeners decide. <laughs> we'll throw up a Twitter poll. So as a fan of the franchise, Bezos had previously given Amazon Studios a mandate to develop an ambitious fantasy series of comparable scale to HBO's Game of Thrones, which was the kind of the big thing at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Before they shit the bed, Game of Thrones, oh my God. Yeah, so this, this ambition is what kind of led Amazon to be the lead contender for this project. Hell yeah. So on November 13th of 2017, this is when Amazon acquired the global television rights for this show uh, for close to $250 million. <sighs> That's a lot of money for the rights. Yeah, Amazon streaming service Prime Video commits to a five-season series with the possibility of spinoffs as well. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. We'll see where that goes. Good or bad, I'm not sure. Yeah, the budget was expected to be in the range of $100 million to $150 million per season. Yeah, in January of 2020, this is when Amazon announced publicly that the first season would consist of eight episodes and in uh, january of 2022 that's when amazon revealed the series full title the lord of the rings the rings of power people went ape shit they went crazy <laughs> at the end of filming for the season the crew were unsure when filming for the second season would begin though they were expected to be on hiatus for at least one year to allow post-production on the first season and writing for the second season to be completed this is also all during the pandemic, so there was a all, lot of shit going on. All during the plague. So pre-production for the second season was expected to begin in the UK in the second quarter of 2022, uh, taking place concurrently with post-production for the first season, which was still continuing in New Zealand until June of 2022. But uh, this change of location, so the factors that went into this this is what this is what we found as to why how they explained it away why they decided to switch locations from New Zealand 
to the UK. It was cheaper, but go on. Yeah, it, ultimately, <laughs> I think that I, they, I think that's what it's going to come yeah. down to. Yeah, and they even they honestly even said that as one of the reasons. So oh yeah, There's they already so yeah. essentially Amazon had already heavily invested in uh, UK studio space for several other productions. So money. Uh, a, there was also a belief amongst the creators that the UK would be quote, a more economical choice, end quote, following the high cost of making the first season in New Zealand. So again, money. Right there, cheaper. The opportunity to film in other European countries near the UK was done for the series Game of Thrones. And weren't they shooting in like Croatia, Croatia and shit like that or something for the Game of Thrones? Yeah, so they're just looking at Game of Thrones and like they did it in the UK. So that's kind of what that, that's, that's sort of what their goal is, is they want to be the next Game of Thrones. So. I want to be Game of Thrones. <laughs> the Tolkien Estate wanting the series to be filmed in the uh, the Tolkien Estate also wanted the series to be filmed in the UK since, like we mentioned earlier, Tolkien was inspired by actual locations there mm-hmm. for his books. Yeah, so I can I, dig, I can definitely understand that for some of I can dig that one, like some of the structures and uh, and you know I guess I don't know much about the landscaping of the UK. Is it Me comparable neither. to that of New Zealand and all those beautiful? Uh, I don't think so from geography class, but I've never been there. <laughs> yeah. Let, what, what do you guys say out, out in the audience? Let us know. Yeah. Let us know what y'all think. Cause y'all are, uh, are an international audience too. So it'd be interesting to see. Should they have moved from New Zealand? Is it a sacrilege? Is New Zealand middle earth now? Are we going to get the same quality of landscaping shots? Yeah. We'll see. What do you guys think? There's definitely know. some beauty in the UK too. That's not that's 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 totally true oh i'm sure it's not all just tin factories and uh wharfs you know oh and this uh, final point for explaining why they moved this i thought was kind of funny so there was also the fact that the new zealand's restrictive pandemic era border policies had prevented amazon executives from visiting and monitoring the production so they were pretty butthurt about that yeah uh but ultimately second uh, production for the second season began in the UK on October 3rd, 2022. So it is well underway in the UK. Yeah, yeah. For 17 days already when we're filming. A- as of filming this. Oh, yeah. I was going to say this is <laughs> much later for everyone else. All right. Let's go through the episode list. Let's do it. Epis- yeah. So eight episodes. Episode one, A Shadow of the Past. And that premiered on September 1st, 2022. Yeah. So this was the series premiere. They did the first two together. Uh, but episode one is when Galadriel is disturbed by signs of an ancient evil's return. Arendir makes an unsettling discovery. Elrond is presented with an intriguing new venture. And Nori breaks the Harfoot community's most deeply held rule. Mm. Mm. Episode two, we got Adrift, which also came out on September 1st of yeah, 2022. Same day. Mm-hmm. This is when Galadriel finds a new ally. Halbrand. Halbrand. Elrond faces a cold reception from his old friend, Durin. Nori endeavors to help a stranger, Gandalf. Gandalf. Well, we're not entirely sure. Well, I guess it could it's be. Not yeah. official, it's not official, and they official. love to do fake outs. They we know. do. It's going to break my fucking heart if it's not Gandalf. Oh, my God. I could see with how much they've been doing. We'll get into it. We'll get into we'll it. We'll get into it. <laughs> Erendir, he searches for answers while Bronwyn warns her people of a threat. Mm. Next episode three, Adar. This was on September 9th that it came out. Uh, this is when Erendir finds himself captive by the orcs. I think I really like this episode. This one was cool. This is the episode with the tree. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved the tree bit. I loved the tree bit. Uh, this is also when Galadriel and Halbrand explore a legendary kingdom known as Numenor 
and Elendil is given a new assignment to watch Galadriel, and Nori faces consequences for her actions within her little tribe of Harfoots. Yeah. Episode four is called The Great Wave, and that came out on the 16th of September of 2022. This is when Queen, Queen Regent uh, Muriel's faith is tested. Isildur finds himself at a crossroads. Elrond uncovers the secret. Arendir is given an ultimatum, and Theo disobeys his mother, Bronwyn. Aw, shit. I think this is the episode. Uh, yeah, The Great Wave. This is the one that opens with a scene of The Great Wave destroying Numenor. Yeah, she has that vision. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, next episode five, Partings. This is when Nori questions her instincts and Elrond struggles to stay true to his oath to Durin and Helbrand weighs his destiny, whether he wants to go back to the Southlands, essentially, mm-hmm. and the Southlanders brace for an attack from the orcs. Yeah. Episode six is called Udun, which came out on the 30th Udun. Uh, of 2022. Yeah, this was the big battle episode. Yeah, this was all just the battle, right? Pretty much. Yeah, and Numenor showed up and fucked some shit up. Yeah, Adar and his army marched on the tower, and then they marched on the town, and shit did not go well. Yep. Episode seven was titled The Eye, and this is when the survivors of the uh, eruption of Mount Doom that ended at the that happened at the end of episode 6 Mordor button Mordor button was pressed the survivors of this cataclysm they try to find safety and the Harfoots they confront some evil and Durin is torn between friendship and duty between the friendship with Elrond and duty to his father and Adar considers a new name for the Southlands Indeed and what could that name be hmm, Mordor 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 uh it's so fun to do and then we, of course we come to the finale episode eight which was called alloy and that came out on the 14th of october of 2022 uh gladriel and an injured halbrand they arrive in aragian halbrand gives celebrimbor the idea of forging the mithril with other metals to enhance its strength gladriel becomes suspicious and checks into the royal line of the southlands the elven rings are made yeah, it was a pretty eventful episode. Yeah, I I thought this the finale was really good. Yeah. So let's all right, let's get to the meat and potatoes, guys. What did we what did we think? Yeah. So just to start, just to start here. Yeah, so just in general, we just want to start off with a couple points. So <clears throat> couple points. We do not regardless of how you feel about the series, we do not like all the negativity that surrounds this show. We've been taking a an expressly positive approach, mm-hmm. which is I know weird because weird. of how we started the podcast. Because of how things started. Normally, you'd think we would be the ones raging. Right, but maybe we're just older now. Maybe we're just older, you know, we're just not, we don't uh, want to fight as much. It's just... We're in our 30s. Things are, uh, we, we enjoy the simple things, We, we just think all the negativity around the show is so unnecessary and blown out of proportion. Yeah, and I personally, and Joel agrees, do not think it's fair for people who love the trilogy to be so upset by the rings of power and when we say the trilogy we mean the film trilogy the peter jackson film trilogy. yeah the trilogy took a lot of the film trilogy took a lot of liberties as well and i think more than people like to remember this is a charity of nostalgia friends mm-hmm. we really wish that people would cut the same slack to rings of power that they do the trilogy yeah th- we really try to just enjoy that there is a tolkien show like, yeah we could not have a Tolkien show. Is that what you want? Yeah, we could not have a Tolkien show. And a lot of people, I think, would angrily say yes. But we, <laughs> we, we honestly, we enjoy we enjoy having a show to watch. Yeah. It's, it's not the worst thing in the world. No. 
And we realize, uh, as also students of film, that film and literature are two different mediums, and mm-hmm. they do not directly translate. Mm-mm. And that is why it is called, friends, an adaptation or an adaptation. Adaptation. It is an adaptation. It is not exactly it. Yes. It is not a carbon copy. <clears throat> it is an adaptation to a new medium of art, people. Yes. Now, that being said, that does not give them full freedom to fuck everything up. No. And we will get into that because they did seriously fuck some shit up. Sure did. Okay. So aside from that, getting into things a little further. So when we were thinking about how to uh, really review our thoughts on this season in an organized matter, it really just came down to what we always do. You make a list. So we made a list of pros and a list of cons for the season. Things we liked, things we didn't like. Yeah, good way to break it down. So we're going to start with the cons. We're going to get the raging out because we know that's what everyone wants to hear because there are so many things to tear apart. Yeah, and then you can all turn off the episode and go be pissed off. If you want, yeah. (laughs) And then we'll end. We wanted to end with the pros because we wanted to end on a positive note. And just a spoiler alert, we did ultimately end up with more pros than cons. Which I felt is how the, the amount, the ratio of our cons to pros I feel like is is uh pretty pretty r- even pretty uh well it's a pretty good depiction of how the series overall went yeah 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 I wasn't really sure how this was going to turn out when I started the list I was like huh I don't know is it going to have more cons more pros we yeah. ended up with more pros yeah and I think that's appropriate it's appropriate I would mm-hmm. say so let's start with the cons right off the bat too many red herrings in too, this season. Too many Saurons, too many Witch Kings. Too many. I mean, not 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 only just like people speculating that, but yeah. the show itself, specifically in regards to Sauron, the show itself it loves its red explicitly herrings. referred to Adar and the Stranger as Sauron directly. Yeah. They clearly want the audience to be confused. To be to be misdirected. They really want misdirection. And neither of those characters end up being Sauron. Yeah, turns out. Yeah, so too many red herrings. Who's Sauron? Everyone's fucking Sauron. Yeah, I love that. Is that is kind of the funny meme? I think like the funniest one. I think I saw was that uh, Sauron is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I love that one. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, who is Sauron? Was the big meme for the show. Um, Everybody was speculating. Yeah, and like I can understand. Like that's kind of cool. Like having it be a little bit of a mystery sure. and having a reveal. But it was like too much directly. Like oh, th- too many characters directly thrown in for like Sauron fakeouts. Yeah, it's like, kind of a mess. It, it's it was it was a, l- a little bit much. You could have gone a little lighter on the Sauron fakeouts. Yeah, just let us wonder. Don't don't spoon feed us fakeouts. Yeah. Well, and then also let's get to the next point here. More fakeouts. More fakeouts. Yeah. Death fakeouts explicitly. Um, yeah. Isildur. Isildur. How many times has Isildur fucking almost died? Well, I mean, and then in the season finale, spoiler alert. Apparently, a house collapsed on him, and everyone thinks he is dead, but everyone, we know he's not. Yeah, and then just left his ass in Middle Earth. We know he's going to come back, just given you know his his the role story of in fucking the story. Silver, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Bronwyn. Now this, they kill. They almost kill off Bronwyn so many times. They want to kill Bronwyn. They, I can. They can. <laughs> you can they want to do it so bad. They can taste it. Yeah. You can tell they try to kill Bronwyn so many times, and then when, especially when she took multiple arrows, yeah, and she was just like gushing out blood on the floor. We're like, oh my god, Bronwyn's going down. But nope, left nope. shoulder. She survived. Left shoulder. Yep. Uh, and then uh, you know just other things like Celeborn. She, she uh, Gladriel did eventually name drop Celeborn in one of the last couple episodes, but yeah. then she mentioned that he's gone or that he's dead. 
And we yeah. know that's not true. We know it's not true. He's we, coming back. He's even so in the film trilogy. We know he's going to come back. Yeah, so it's so. like, I, I mean, I understand you're trying to build suspense with a story that already exists and you're doing a prequel and you already know who's going to be where, but like, just, I don't know, pretending well, to kill Celeborn when we all know that he's coming back just seemed well, like. S- yeah. And like, some would also say there was a bit of a romantic fake out. A lot of people are like, are Halbrand and Galadriel going to hook right. up? I, I just also want to say, I've had a few, I've heard of a few people comment on a few scenes here or there where they, you know, thought that there was like some romantic thing sparking yeah, with I Galadriel. Really get- I at no point have ever caught the notion of any romantic sparks flying between Galadriel and anyone else at any point ever. Maybe me and Joel are just really bad at flirting, but I I don't know, you know? I think it might be the reverse. I think it might be a lot of wishful (laughs) thinking on some people's part. Like, oh, that would totally be flirting in my book. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. man, that's just two people having an intimate conversation. Angry 12-year-olds on the internet. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of people mistaken it, conflating intimate conversations between colleagues and friends as uh, romantic intimacy, and that's not how it was meant, and I, I I, don't think that's... I didn't take it that way. I didn't take it that way. Anyway, uh, now let's touch on the biggest con. The right. biggest issue, just, just kind of umbrellaed, is lore. Yes. For a show that repeatedly touted how their producers are huge fans of the text and promised it would strictly follow canon, it sure surprises how much it did fucking not do that. Yeah, it sure surprises how much it did not follow canon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and like, I, yeah, I don't think it did it any more than like the Jackson trilogy, but they made it sound like it was going to be the most faithful adaptation like ever fucking made. Right, yeah. And they uh, they really made some shit up for this. I mean, they also made some shit up for the Jackson trilogy. Sure. Too. It's also like the Aragorn death fake out and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, shit like, like that. A- yeah, and if you want to know what we're talking about when we say that shit from the Peter Jackson trilogy, go back and listen to episode 47 which is uh, what we hate about the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. And we get into all this guy, this stuff that everyone kind of overlooks because they love the movies. And we, we got real honest with ourselves about what we didn't like about the trilogy. Yeah, what was wrong with the original trilogy? Because it wasn't perfect. There were things wrong with that, too. No, we love it to death. Don't we, get us wrong. We took but off the rose-colored glasses and we exactly. tried to give it a good look. Yeah. So go check that out if you're wondering what we mean. Yeah. But... Uh, as far as lore breaking goes, the most egregious lore breaking that we think happened. Oh, episode five. Episode five. The these the song of the roots of Hithiglir. The the whole light of the trees being encapsulated within Mithril origins. What? the fuck yeah so not, like not necessary at all yeah and like we need just hashtag keep their hands off the cinema keep your hands keep off. your hands off the cinema hashtag rails. leave them alone leave them alone bezos yeah. you That's don't want those silmarils yeah they are cursed mm. don't let jeff bezos get his hands on the silmarils we guys. we have a running theory that bezos might be a descendant of one of the sons of feanor he's, he's a feanorian He's just got a just issue fulfilled. with these Silmarils. You don't want anything to do with them, man. Yeah, he's like the bastard son of Caranthier or something. <laughs> yeah, so that oh, that floored us. That was that was just too too yeah. not lore. For and us. like like to, we we could look past some things, but that just mm-mm. to be totally fair though, like we didn't hate the idea of 
a Balrog and and a uh, elf fighting, and then the roots of the trees conduct their magic yeah. down to yeah. create like veins of uh, or yeah. that's pretty cool. But yeah. like, why the fuck does it have to be the Silmarils in the tree? Why was there a yeah? Why why was this involved at all? <laughs> why was there a Silmaril in a tree? Yeah, it just was so, so it can dumb. heal the Elven tree, so which is dumb. also bullshit. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the positives of the of that of that tale uh, in the in the pros, but yeah. Continuing with the cons, Numenorians in general, Numenor was pretty good, but Numenorians nowhere near tall enough. Not tall enough, not buff enough. Not buff enough. No. Yeah, there we need some buff dudes. We need some big, tall <laughs> Numenorians, man. I want to be intimidated. I want to get a scared boner. And as like, a tall person, I I should have been able to cast this. Just mm-hmm. be like, yeah. I'm six foot seven. I will cast this the Numenorians. Everyone has to be at least as tall as me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You have to be at least six foot seven to ride. You know. Um, but yeah, Numenorians aren't tall enough. Yeah, because some of the Numenorians were straight like just like just like blokes. They were all normal. They were all normal ass people. All normal ass people. You know, some of them kind of ugly, kind of fat, kind of short. You know, like they didn't properly give them the Dunedine treatment. The culture you know? they seem they went with like a Roman influence almost. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. Very, uh, very uh, Roman Empire esque, yeah. So, aside from the Numenorians, uh, how about that Malorn tree in Khazad Doom? That Joel took a lot of umbrage with. Yeah, because those no, are two things that are very important to Joel: Malorn trees and Khazad Doom. And Malorn trees are a very strong symbol of friendship with elves, which was n- not something the dwarves would have had at that time. No, that, nor could you let it grow there, right? Yeah, no, where no. No, no, you're not going to have a Malorn tree growing those soft, underground. The soft, mossy forests of Lothlorien. Mm. Yeah, and they only take in certain places. Like, the, the mm-hmm. Malorn trees wouldn't even take in, in Lindon. Yeah, they it's too take, cold there or whatever. They would take under a mountain. Yeah. Uh, mm. Not unless the dwarves invented some kind of climate control. I'm, I'm not or, sure, though. Or Galadriel sprinkled some... Magic dirt. Magic dirt. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which she certainly hasn't been there. Yeah, yeah. So we we weren't a big fan of the Malorn tree in Khazad Doom, and likewise, we were not. We are also not a fan of the Great Tree in Lindon, whatever the fucking the Great Tree is. Like it seems like these showrunners they wanted like every great Elven kingdom has a tree at the center. Yeah, I think they're that's just what they trying, lead us to believe. I think the people who made the show are just like I think audience members are going to associate elves with Malorn trees, and they're going to want to see Malorn trees. Wherever there are elves, and no man, that's just not that's yeah. not right. The Malorn, the only place in Middle Earth that Malorn trees would actually grow is Lothlorien. That's it. Well, in the Shire. Oh, and then the one that got planted in the Shire. That's true. Yeah. So they will grow in the north if you have magic dirt. You gotta get that magic dirt, bro. Gotta get that magic dirt. So speaking of Lindon. Yeah. Speaking of friggin' Lindon and the the Kingdom of Gilgalad. Why is Gilgalad such? Dick. Gilgalad is a huge dick. And he kind of seems, I've said this before on the Reacts, <laughs> he kind of seems like a dumb person. Like a dummy, like a meathead. Like, I kind of get where they're coming from with, uh, they wanted to differentiate between the elves. Mm-hmm. They wanted to differentiate the Noldor, the high elves from the wood elves. And so they tried to give the high king like a arrogance, right? Right. And I kind of get that. 
And like I kind of kind of get behind that, but it was just, this guy's just an ass. He's just an asshole. And I, th- again, this is a it's, writing it's thing, same, not an acting thing. Right. It's at the same assholey level that they wrote Elrond in the original trilogy. Exactly. Look at that. The two sins cancel each other out, guys. Ooh. Because Elrond's right in this version, and he's wrong in the other version. Yeah, Elrond, man. I I ended up actually really liking Elrond. He's my favorite character. So moving with the cons, the credit song using the rings of poem in episode eight. Oh yeah, the finale uh, is it the credit. Yeah, the credit song of the finale, right? Yeah, the credit song in the finale. Um, that to me was just so clearly derivative from the song at the end of the two towers. Like it was, I felt like it was in the same key. Even like yeah, I don't know much about music, but it did seem uh, very. It seemed. It's not just inspired by, but like I said, I feel like there's a line between derivative. Yeah, that you cross where there's inspired by, and, and then, then you cross line is just derivative, and that yeah. felt derivative. It just yeah. was just like uninspired. Just oh, let's. Uh, I want. I want something just like at the end of the two towers. Just copy that song <laughs> if you can. Get get as close to it as you can legally. Like that's what I feel like they said. That's what the people want. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that song. Yeah. More in episode eight that we weren't a fan of. The creation of the three rings and why. Biggest one, it's done out of order. Right, way out of order. The three elven rings were literally the last of any of the rings, even after the one ring. Yeah. So it was just, mm -mm. I wasn't wasn't a fan of getting those done first because that's supposed to be a lot of buildup. It it should have been more significant. And they did it so just kind of quick and lackadaisically. Well, and Celebrimbor makes the three last in secret, right? So the other ones have already been made and distributed. Where Mm -hmm. the fuck are those rings? Right, yeah, I don't, I mean, technically within the show, I think they're just fucking up the order. Uh, I don't think it's implied that they've been made, but it's... Yeah, I don't fucking know. I don't know. And then when they're getting into the creation of the three rings, the three stones, there's... I feel like there's no, there's a lot of significance put behind the mithril that had to go into making the bands mm-hmm. and the specific purest silver and golds from Valinor that had to go into making the bands. But then the stones are just like, oh yeah, here's... Here's a couple stones. Yeah, they had these stones sitting out on Celebrimbor's desk like they were incredibly important, but they don't seem to yeah, give any lore. They even had Halbrand stop and comment on, you know, these stones. I've never seen anything like them. Who is, but spoiler alert, it. is fucking Sauron, right? Right. So, like, if he's saying if that. If he's, yeah, if Sauron, the Maiar, the Smith Maiar, is literally, you know, like, wow, these jewel, this these gems are fucking crazy. Like, give us some more background about yeah, that shit. Yeah, g- give us, give us some, anything, anything at all. Anything. They, nothing. They didn't even, I was also kind of surprised that they seemed to uh, make the creative choice to not cut They're uncut the gems. gems, yeah. Which is weird. I thought it was a little weird because the the shaping, the cutting and shaping of gems is what the Naldor yeah that's Naldor are, no, are known for. Absolutely, yeah. they would absolutely cut, shape, polish. Yeah, all that shit. They'd be looking as fine as you can get a gem to look. Yeah. So let's just touch on the the three rings real quick. Yeah, just so, a little reminder. The reason I'm bringing up we're bringing up the. Uh, literal descriptions of the rings is because the, it was a little bit off so naria sure. is a gold ring with a red ruby which was gold and red in the show mm-hmm. nenya was a purely mithril uh, ring so it was silver and white colored with a quote-unquote white stone presumably a white diamond of some kind and they call that that white silver color they call it the color of adamant adamant yeah, it's yeah. the ring of adamant mm-hmm. in the show uh nenya 
was kind of like a twisted band of what looked like some gold and some silver together. It wasn't straight silver. It's supposed to be like a almost like a white ring. Yeah. It's supposed to be beautiful. And then Vilia, it's a uh traditionally it is a gold ring with a quote great blue stone, end quote. Uh probably a sapphire. So it's that, also it's, it's, saying it's a great blue stone would mean it's bigger than the other two, right? Yeah, it's also uh, explicitly the strongest of the three. Yes, rings, indeed. Power, yes. power wise, power wise. And so I would also. Uh, this is just me making a connection, but I would assume that it might have something to do with the great blue stone being a great stone. Yeah. Uh, uh, great to me means. Big. I just. I really wish they would have done more about the stones. Tell us about the stones. Tell us about Noldor loved stones. gems. Yeah, tell us about it. It's Noldor shit, you guys. You're going to make up some shit. Let's make up some shit about the cool-ass stones. Like, yeah, why not? Why, oh, oh, anyway. Anyway, uh, well, so, like, where do we go from here, right? So what about the other rings? Are they going to have Halbrand come back as Anatar and do another, yet another fake? Yeah, didn't they blow that whole Anatar twist? Like, I wanted yeah. to see Anatar. I and wanted now to see I Anatar. Feel like they've, I feel like they've essentially swapped Anatar for Halbrand. Anatar's been on the show, remember? We ran into him in the Christmas special Ah, when uh, Gandalf came to our house and beat his ass, remember? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That really happened. Truth, 100%. <laughs> yeah, go back and check out our holiday special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so uh, the, the last thing we have on our cons list, the timeline issues. This is the one that really grinds my gears. So yeah, this, this this grinds Danny's gears, probably because it has a lot to do with Numenorean history specifically. Yes. Or Dunedain history specifically. Because we should be getting more of like... I'll explain in a second. So like, first of all, we understand there's going to be, when you're adapting something, like we said earlier, there's going to mm-hmm. be some time changes. Naturally, things like that are going to have to happen. But this yeah. was kind of egregious. Yeah, so let's just get into... Yeah, there's over a thousand year difference, closer to 1500, in what is happening in Middle Earth and what is happening in friggin' Numenor. Yeah, that's a big difference in what's happening in, <laughs> in both places, like, historically. Yeah. So, the War of Elves and Sauron has not happened yet, and that happened in the Second Age, 1693 to 1701, okay? And that's come up on the show before, guys. Mm-hmm. You should know that date. No, I'm just... <laughs> just you okay. should know that. Uh, the Forging of the Rings was in 1590. Even earlier. Yeah. Th- and then the reign of Tar Palantir is in 3177 to 3255. That's like 1500 years later. Yeah. And the downfall of Numenor is finally 3319. And that looks like that's right around the fucking corner. So my mm-hmm. point being, in Elven, uh, we should be we're getting uh, we're getting shafted out of a bunch of Dominarian history because the the War of Elves and Sauron hasn't happened yet. So it's uh, oh, so well, I guess we know it's at least fifteen ninety. That's when the forging so, of the Great Rings yeah, was. So at the end of the f- the finale of this show in episode eight. In Middle Earth, we have the forging of the Great Rings, which technically happens in fifteen ninety. In fifteen ninety, we also had the death of Tar Palantir. Which technically happens in 3255. Mm-hmm. 1590, 3255. We are, we're really meshing things. Well, it, it really, it, what, why, why it really grinds my gears, like I said, they're shafting the Dunedain yet again because the War of Elves and Sauron and all this shit is supposed to happen under Tar Minister, mm-hmm. who's a faithful, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they wanted to show this whole history of Dumnor, we could have seen slowly the progression, like under Tar Minister, and then slowly the progression of the Kingsmen. Mm-hmm. taking instead of just like kind of dropping us in at the end i don't know yeah short changing of the dunedine shafted yeah which is something they shouldn't have borrowed from the peter jackson trilogy <laughs> but did 
Yeah, I just the, the timeline thing just uh, irks me a little bit because it's 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 taken away some of the cool Numenorean history we should have got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so before we move on to the pros, just a couple things off the top of my head that I don't want to forget to mention. Costuming could have certainly been better. Yeah, it, it was better than the uh, Wheel of Time series, but I mean, having better costumes than bad costumes is not <laughs> not a high bar. Not a high bar. Yeah, yeah. So it was better. It was certainly an improvement. Not all of them were bad. Some of them were good, but the costuming could have certainly been better, along with uh, writing. Writing, I think, has been the biggest problem that this show has. Yeah, I'd say so. The um, it has its moments. It has its, its goods and its, and it, its ups and its downs. There's some things we love, like when we see little scenes of like a character writing a version of a speech that will be completed and like yeah. spoken later. Or something, you know, little little things. There's some good details. It's very uh, Zack Snyder. Mm. It's got good moments, but it doesn't quite pull it all together in the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. know, yep. like a Zack Snyder movie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other uh, cons you want to throw out before we move to the pros? Um, Not that I can really think of. I think we covered pretty much all the things that I did not like explicitly. Okay. So let's jump into the fun stuff. So like we said earlier, we did also enjoy the show. Yeah. The, the thing that I liked most is what I'd call the pockets of nerdiness that are in there. There are some good, rich pockets of nerd. There's some exactly. little nuggets. There's some nuggets of nerdiness in the show that are just priceless, and I Beautiful. love Beautiful. You can tell that there were some very inspired Tolkien nerds working on this. It's yeah. true. It's true. Like I, I don't doubt the clout of the, uh, the showrunners slash writers and all that like yeah i don't doubt that they're absolute tolkien nerds i don't doubt that maybe they personally have a great respect for the written work yeah uh it's just the final product of this show was n- not what they necessarily reflective of, of that same right <laughs> respect anyway let's let's so, jump yeah. into some positives let's get into some positives things that we loved to see things that we really liked seeing in this tolkien show this middle earth lord of the rings show yeah and one of them was in episode two and that was the story and this is a uh, some uh, some just original show writing mm-hmm. this uh, is a story that Celebrimbor tells about morgoth's tear dropping onto the silmarils so he said after weeks of atta- after we for weeks after attaining the silmarils he stared at them endlessly yeah but only when a tear fell on them and he saw his reflection did he never look at them again yeah 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 it was that i thought that was a wonderful little tale they have a few of those little things sprinkled very tolkieny too very tolkieny yeah yeah i thought that was a cool little amazon original lore that they decided to throw out there Uh, another cool little amazon original bit of lore they decided to write and throw out there is called the uh we i really liked this the dwarven rite of sigin tarag also (laughs) also in episode two um this is the dwarven test of endurance fashioned by aule himself i thought that was very dwarvish breaking stones until someone else's stamina (laughs) gives out is it uh episode eight i know not episode i think it's episode seven where we get confirmation that elrond lost on purpose Mm. yeah like he could have kept going he could have kept going yeah i think it's that combination of elf and man he's got that strong ass man shit that's what we're saying yeah he's got the finesse of an elf and the strength of a of a of the adain Mm. uh so the next thing we really enjoyed the 
Numenor. I know earlier we were we were digging on Numenor a little bit, but I think sure, that's we, one of the yeah. things we had the fewest qualms with. No, I literally, Joel, do you remember when we were watching and they introduced Numenor? I was mm-hmm. like screaming. I was yeah. literally like, oh my God, this is so fucking cool. It is beautiful. I'm in the, the la- my dreamland. Like, this is so cool. Romana was just fucking beautiful. Yep. And I can't wait to see more of the island. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit later is yeah. what we want to see more what of. What we want to see more of. Is more of the island of Numenor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Numenor, fantastic. Most of the most of the stuff we see in Numenor, we think takes place in Romana, but it seems that it's all pretty much in Romana. Yeah, but it is gorgeous. What is our Menelos going to look like? Oh, oh my God, our Andunier, mm-hmm. mm. the faithful. Yeah, that's going to be fun. We hope to see that later, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, we also thought, uh, just in general in this show, the behaviors of the different races was pretty accurate. Pretty, yeah, the little like quirks that they added in for the characters. Like uh, one of the things is um, uh, the, what we just talked about—the right of Sigin Tarag, yep. right? That Very was dwarvish. one of them. Very dwarvish. And then also uh, the elves, the tree thing, starting a fucking slave revolt instead of cutting down an old tree. Yeah, because they wanted to save the tree. That, that was, was so Tolkien. That like, was so elvish, so Tolkien. Like, Arendir crying as he cuts down a tree is, like, one of the saddest things I've mm-hmm. ever seen. And then also early versions of hobbits being like these scared little hide and mm-hmm. that we thought that was very appropriate too. Yeah. Very hobbit like creatures. Yeah. They, they, it's yeah. Like a, a primitive type of hobbit culture would just be disappear. Right. You know, yeah. you, mm-hmm. and that would be kind of left over in their uh, DNA, so to speak when they're really good at it in the third age too, they could yep. just fucking disappear. They're usually just like little English people walking around, but they could fucking disappear at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So the behaviors of the races we thought was pretty accurate. We liked yeah. them. We thought yeah. they got that pretty well. I thought they they nailed it for the most part, yeah. Oh, there's also, throughout this show, there's a, a ton of little, like we said, nerd nuggets. There were some lines. Nerd nuggets, yeah. And lines. this is one of the good ones from episode two. Mm-hmm. This is when... Um, Sadik, right? Yep. Sadik yeah. says, they're talking, this is after the uh, stranger falls from the sky in a meteor, and they're discussing it with Sadik, and Sadik says some real nerd shit. He says, quote, I've heard of people turning into stars, never the other way around. And it's like Sadik knows the tale of Arendil, mm-hmm. you know? Old wise man. Yeah, and like, I, I let's just uh, take a second. To, I really liked the Sadik character. I loved Sadik. Yeah, like and his I was very Hobbit sad. Loremaster is a cool position to have, mm-hmm. like, you know? Yeah, I was very sad to see his character go, but yeah, uh, I loved I loved Sadik as a character. He was great. Yeah, he was really cool. I kind of wish we would have seen him mingle with Gandalf a little bit more, or who we think is probably Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I, I I liked the little bit of mingling we got between the stranger and Sadik. I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Also, another nerd nugget. This one made me poop my fucking pants. Also in episode two, they seem to throw a lot of these little the nerd, nerd nuggets, nuggets were heavy in episode, in, two. in episode two. Yeah, um, Elendil's name, right? Mm-hmm. Where him and Muriel are talking about it, and he says, "She says that translates to admirer of the stars, right? Or lover of the stars." That's what he says. Yeah, and she grills him further. Yeah, and then he says, "She's like, doesn't it also signify elf friend?" And yeah, we, she d- doesn't it have another meaning. And then he's like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah," and some tongues it means elf friend, and then she's like, "Are you?" you an elf, elf friend? friend? Yeah, which is funny because like uh, we talked about on the podcast before that being like a like an idiom, mm-hmm. something that doesn't directly translate. Like if you ask somebody if they're an admirer of the stars, especially if you ask them in uh, in like the elven language, mm-hmm. you know, it means do you like the elves? Yeah, I suppose you wouldn't ask them in the elven language because then you're 
just giving your hand away. Yeah. And if they're true. Kingsmen, they're just going to kill they're you. Gonna be like, ha, ha, Quenya, what? An- another one for the fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, something we mentioned earlier, the the wave dream from episode four. At the that beginning. was cool. That was epic. A good use of their visual effects. Yeah, and I can't wait for the, the real the wave. The actual, the real deal yeah. that's going to happen at some point. Another um, uh, nerd nugget. This is a language nerd nugget. Yeah. Uh, and this is when they name, they essentially coin the term Mithril. Right, yeah. He says, they, he say, they give the dwarvish name, and then he's like, but in your name, it's something like... Mithraud. Mithraud or something. Yeah. And then Elrond's like, no, no. Mithril. Mithril. Yeah. Nerdy language shit. Yeah, I that's really cool. I love it. Oh, and this this uh, next point could actually be added back to that uh, character, the behavior of the races. Mm. Um, this and this is a uh, Deesa's plea to the mountains. Yeah, after there is a, a collapse on some miners, uh, Deesa, there's a ceremony where Deesa and some other people they chant. They chant like a they, dwarven chant. It's really mesmerizing. And it's really cool. I like this scene a lot. It was really cool. And afterwards, Elrond asks her what that was. Well, what was this whole ceremony? And Deesa explains it was a plea to the mountain to release the miners alive yeah which was really cool and then they find out later it fucking worked they, they all worked, lived yeah yeah they, they did all live i i just thought that whole ceremonious uh, plea to the mountain and the chant it was it was, it was really cool yeah like just like, like, fantastic yeah i really like very that. That dwarvish cool. again yeah very dwarvish very dwarvish um another thing uh this is another thing really in the casa doom place is uh the elrond and in the fourth's relationship yeah, this is probably, I think, our favorite, hands down, our favorite relationship. Yeah, and well, just because Elrond's my favorite character, so anything mm-hmm. to do with Elrond is my shit. Yeah, the fact that uh, Durin the Fourth resents Elrond for having been gone for 20 years, and then Elrond didn't even realize yeah. he did anything wrong. Which is thought, one of these things, yeah, this, is, this is kind of another nerd nugget as well, because mm-hmm. it's like, it's something you'd think about as a a mortal being friends with an immortal mm-hmm. this would be your biggest fucking problem yeah it really emphasizes the like exceedingly long lives of the elves and how disconnected they can be from reality because yes. of it yes yeah so they uh tolkien touches on this concept a little bit in the tale of the mariner aldarian aldarian and Arendus. yes yes i kept i, I Arendus kept coming to mind but i was like what's the, the mariner's name i want to say a arendil <laughs> but i know it's not a arendil other mariner Aldarian the Mariner. Yeah, uh, Aldarian the Mariner is a Mariner who is Numenorean, so he has an exceedingly long life, and then his love interest does not. She's not of the line of Elros, so she doesn't live quite as She lives longer, but not quite as long as... Uh, yeah, so being know. long-lived and being that he's a sailor, he'll go out for he'll long leave. years and years Seven, and come back. eight years at a time. Won't mean anything to him. Means a lot to her. Yeah. Considering she has a shorter life. Yeah, so that was the only time Tolkien ever touched on that in the text. So we really loved seeing that concept tut being touched on here I with the elves absolutely adored it i'm uh, glad b- they between it elrond and durin very cool very yeah. very cool and then uh more about the relationship between elrond and durin uh another nerd nugget a sad and cool nerd nugget yeah when durin is complaining to elrond about his dad being you know an angry old goat a prick <laughs> a prick <laughs> and elrond <laughs> gives his his daddy's speech about how his dad is a star basically. yeah he's like yeah i never got to know my dad yeah, dude he's uh, flying up and he's literally flying around up in the sky i love how like so like you know my dad abandoned me 
spoiler alert i've never I, i've definitely said that on the show before mm-hmm. but like so i have that relationship of like you know fuck that guy but like arendel's dad is off doing like the most important thing in the universe mm-hmm. so like how would you feel about your father yeah. like he at the at the end of the day you never got to know him because he was off doing important shit he did ultimately he leave did you as of a young you. boy yeah so yeah. it'd be a weird way to feel about your dad but he does say that yeah like my dad i never got to really know him so like if you have the opportunity to know and love your father do not give that up mm-hmm. yeah it was it was a cool scene we really enjoyed that that whole conversation and then that, that the daddy speech on i love Elrond's Elrond's daddy issues yeah i love them we thought it was cool that they brought that up we really enjoyed it so what else here during the fourth uh, when he's invited to Linda on for dinner and he tells, you know, this is really funny, when he tells the Gilgalad that they're eating on a table made of a, essentially a sacred stone that is highly valuable and only used for monuments and tombs used for the honorable dead. Yeah, so clearly sacrilegious that they would be eating a meal yeah. on this I love what, it, what Gilgalad does too. He's like, we will send the table home with you when you leave. Of course. Sire. Yeah, of we course. So so sorry for our sacrilege and you find out at the end of the episode that he's totally full of shit and he says to elrond deesa has been begging me for a new kitchen table for a long time honestly that that scene right there was what solidified durin and elrond being my favorite relationship yeah what i love about that too is elrond could have sold him out and been like hey bring the (laughs) jokes over bring the table back no but he's just like let it fly fuck it he doesn't need the table he's gilgalad fuck gilgalad it'll be fine we'll get another table yeah yeah that that was such a great scene i fucking love that whole gag was great yeah, they're they're funny together, fucking Elrond. I would watch a whole spinoff show of just them. Just them. I really would. It's fantastic. Uh, so another little scene that we thought was really cool. We loved the scene where the white, uh, the petals were dropping off the white tree. So this is when the, it was at the end of an episode. Muriel is about to send Galadriel off to Middle Earth on her own. Just like, go drop her off somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then the all the white petals start falling down. That whole scene was gorgeous. Yeah, very it was cool. Fantastic very very cool um so this is one of we we got uh, a lot of people disagreeing with us on this next one mm-hmm. we thought galadriel sparring in numenor ipman style was fucking cool just like the movie ipman if you've never seen the martial arts film ipman this is how it happens like <laughs> there's an almost identical scene in ipman but like i thought it was cool i liked the sparring scene i thought it was like a nice light-hearted scene yeah and it was cute and it was cool i don't yeah. know why people were like that was so fucking lame i'm like yeah, don't I you mean, like a good fight every, scene everyone's like, like well why would they be like ha- doing practice and sparring in the middle of like a random ass market yeah sure it true but hollywood man it's yeah. it's all about the scene and well you know, a good fight scene is set up well, how many why would if she was trying to teach them something why would she just start randomly fighting them and not slow down and show them the base and it was like dude this is a hollywood scene right and like that's like the marketplace is a trope for fighting scenes the scene people be... people get thrown back into vegetable sh- vegetable yeah. things and like you know all kinds of in the mar- the marketplace look at the indiana jones remember yep. Yep. there's a fight in the fucking marketplace mm-hmm. like oh my god if it, if it was realistic it would be it wouldn't have it wouldn't be it fiction it wouldn't make it into the show because it'd just be realistic and boring. It's not. Eh. Yeah, like, ha- like I think some of you are dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Like, it, I thought that shit was cool, and like, you yeah. know, hot, hot learn take. to live a little. 
hot take like, from KOT. We enjoyed the sparring. <laughs> yeah, we enjoyed it. It was a fun scene with good choreography. Yeah. And this one comes up in the pros and the cons. Yes, this is the next point, pros and cons. The Song of the Roots of Hithiglir from episode 5. We thought it was one of the most egregious things that they had done to this show, one of the most egregious lore-breaking things that they decided to just make the fuck up, bringing Silmarils back into it. I Uh, think you said it best when you said this may be some Hobbit-level bullshit. Yeah, that was some Hobbit-level bullshit. Bringing Silmarils into this was just not... That was some Hobbit level bullshit. Hobbit level bullshit. But we're talking about the pros. So yes, the pros. Why, why are the, is this on the pros list? Because the story itself don't have a problem with it. No, just they, minus. Just nix the fucking Silmaril. Like we've mentioned a few times already, uh, they've made some good little additions to lore. A- Tolkieneering, if you will. Yeah, they've made Amazon Studios has made some good little lore additions that they've made up, and this is the song of the roots of Hithiglir. Would also, I would have loved this whole thing, even as an origins for Mithril, mm-hmm. if they had just left the out Silmaril. That, like, if you want to say, hey, you know, there was a Balrog fighting on the side of a mountain with an elf over a tree, and then lightning hit it, and the, it went down into the roots, and good and evil got combined and made this super awesome adamant. Cool. Cool. Fun. When, you yeah, know, veins, veins totally, of ore are kind of like totally the not tree. canon. I would never consider this canon in but a million what years. If? Yeah, fun. Why not? Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. The veins of a ore are kind of like the roots of a tree. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was all fun. But yeah, it's just why was there a Fuck Silmaril that, in a tree? That Silmaril shit. That just made. They're like there was a little tale of uh, fighting over a tree. I love how they just painted the over it too. They're like, like there was a Silmaril in the and tree. And some said it had the light of the <laughs> the remaining Silmaril. Well, how did the Silmaril get in the tree? Yeah. Well, who's Silmaril in the top is of the it? Misty why Mountain. is it just sitting there? Uh, yeah, it just that raises so many more questions. That'd be funny. <laughs> so many questions. What? what? Uh, that'd be funny if uh, they actually cut that tree open and Madros's corpse was in there still <laughs> clutching the Silmaril. <laughs> Just like that. Oh, shit. It was the one from the earth. Oh, shit. It, it grew back in the root. I caught some roots and grew up. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, no. We're talking about pros, though. So Song of the Roots of Hithiglir. I Cool we, story. We loved it. We thought it was a cool story minus the Silmaril. Minus the Silmaril. Get that Silmaril out of there, guys. Get it out of there. Um, so another thing we enjoyed, the battle in the Southlands Village. I thought the battle scenes were really cool. There was good cinematography, uh, good battle choreography, the fucking orc bleeding on its eye into, into Arendir's fucking mouth. Into his face and his mouth. Like, that was, that was uh, Ode to Peter Jackson. And if you don't think so, see the Halloween special we just did. Yeah. Where we talk about all the gross shit that Peter Jackson's known for. Because Peter Jackson is a depraved, disgusting person. He loves the nastiest. He loves like poop gags and throw oh, up yeah. gags and blood and go- he loves all the most disgusting things if it makes you cringe he's he's gonna love it yeah i've never seen a character eat an actual piece of shit except in meet the feebles <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah in that whole eye gouging scene it may or may not be an homage to the italian horror flick zombie yeah. by by Luki, lucio fulci that it might be if not it's awful similar but uh the eye does get gouged in the fulci one yeah but not in this yeah, but this whole battle in the village was really fun. It, it was uh, kind of reminiscent of uh, Seven Samurai to begin with. Yeah, a little. Se- I was feeling some Seven Samurai, it except the there beginning. was one samurai, and his name was Arendir. A- Arendir the Samurai. And I really like, as cons go, the, as far as made-up characters fucking go, mm-hmm. 
Aaron Deer's dope, and I really like him. Aaron Deer, I'll may say be that the, hot take. Uh, I should have added Aaron Deer onto this list because Aaron Deer is one of the things I like about this show. He's maybe one of the most elvishy elves I've ever. ever seen. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, great Amazon original character. Yeah, great actor too. That guy really pulls it off. Mm-hmm. But this whole uh, this uh, battle in the Southlands, this is pretty much all of episode six. Mm-hmm. And then it, the episode ends with another thing that we loved, the eruption of Mount Doom. Yeah, the Mordor button. Mordor button. That was fun to watch. I mean, we disagree with how it happened. The, pouring, physi- the, the logistics of it. The logistics of pouring water onto an open thing of lava wouldn't make that happen. But just in general, we loved watching the eruption of Mount Doom. That was cool. It was cool, yeah. The pyroclastic throw of, uh, flows were pretty sick. They even were pretty though, intense. Even though they would have killed everybody. They would have vaporized everyone. They were cool to watch. But cool to watch. Uh, so another line, just a random line we really loved from episode seven was when... And this goes back to the Durin and, and Elrond Durin and Elrond relationship. relationship. Uh, when, uh, what is it? Durin says, you're a rather dwarvish elf, and Elrond retorts with, you're a rather elvish dwarf. We really liked that. We that was that cute. Was fun. That was a fun Yeah, one. I just love the pieces. I adore their fucking friendship. Mm-hmm. I adore um, the um, Durin's family, too. Disa's really great. Disa's great. And then the kids being off screen. I love that I choice. I love that concept, I yeah. like that creative choice, because yeah. they're like, are we going to try to show dwarfish kids? Dwarf no, children. let's not even yeah. bother. Let's keep them off screen. Well, people lost their damn minds when they didn't. the, the, the women didn't have beards. I know. And honestly, I wish they did. But yeah. Yeah. Well, one more ex- for the cons list. Learn to accept it, and then one more for the pros list too. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Um, and then uh, one of the another thing that we liked, probably one of the last things on our pros list, the the fight between the stranger and the mystics. In episode oh my god, eight. this got me going. Mm, this was fun. It was also reminiscent of the trilogy, but in a good way. Yes, this was a good reminiscent of the trilogy. Like the way that they used the staff to beat around uh, Gandalf's ass in the beginning, very reminiscent of Saruman doing the same thing. Yeah. In, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, in the Fellowship of the Ring, right? In the Fellowship of the Ring, correct? Yeah. yeah, and uh, and then at the end of that fight, the staff when Gandalf gets hold of the staff, mm. and he does some serious staff magic. Yeah, that like had me going. Our friend Gordon was like uh, from Scotland. Mm-hmm. Our, um, he uh, fan of the show for by the way forever. He's been our fan since like episode four since, like, or the something. Beginning man, yeah. Gordon's been around for a long time. Shout out but to Gordon. He, yeah, shout out to Gordon. He hit me up right away and he was like, yeah, "I was tearing up, man." When he, uh, like uh, when he said, "Always follow your nose," I was tearing up. Oh yeah, yeah. So many Gandalf lines. The fact that there are so many Gandalf lines, but they haven't directly shown us that he is Olorin or Gandalf mm-hmm. or any of his other names. We know he's an Eastar. We know he's an Eastar, but whether or not he's Gandalf, they they I feel like they're throwing out so many hints that he's Gandalf, but specifically holding back on the confirmation. I feel like this is going to be another red herring. If it's a fake out, I'm going to be mad. I think this might be... I wouldn't be surprised if it was another fake out, if he was just some other... One of the other wizards that's not Gandalf, but... I see it. I kind of hope that he is at this point. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So that's about everything from our pros and cons list. So uh, let's talk about what we'd like to see in season two. Yeah, a few things here. The, uh, first off, the friggin' War of Elves and Sauron. Yeah, it's only 1,500 years late, but we could still get it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go already. Like and Bender. Yeah. Like Bender. <laughs> yeah, let's go already. And then how about all those other rings, huh? 
Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. there's 17 other rings of power. This is supposed to be the rings of power. Yeah, and beside that, how about the forging of the great, the one ring? We'd like to see that. Yeah, hoping to see that next season. Uh, we also want to see more dwarf shit. This is something we can both agree on heavily. This We need to see more Khazad Doom. More Khazad Doom. Yeah, and we didn't like how they teased the Balrog, and then we never come back to Khazad Doom, period. Right, yeah, show us more Balrog. Hope to see that next season. They kind of just left the dwarf story hanging, which was, They you did. Know. We, that's why we want to see so much more of it in season two. Yeah. Another thing we want to see is a Narian in the western uh, side of Numenor. Yeah, we want to go to the Westlands. They've been hinting at that a few times. Yeah, it's probably the most beautiful part of the island, and mm-hmm. I would love to see it. Yeah, we're also excited. Hopefully, maybe we'll get to see some worship of Morgoth in Numenor, because mm-hmm. that is supposed to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rune. Yeah, I'd like to see what's going on over there. I'm excited that they're going to show us something over in Rune. In Rune. And also something I want to, because there's something still up in the air, is I want to see the confrontation of Adar and Sauron. Because mm-hmm. Adar has now set up this kingdom of Mordor, mm-hmm. and Sauron looking to conquer some fucking places now, yeah, right? They're opposing, they oppose each other. Yeah, and Adar does not like Sauron. Yeah, Adar tried to kill Sauron. Yeah, and all these orcs are like free men now, right? They're like right. they're are like they free gonna, orcs. Are they really just going to fall back under their old oppressor? How is yeah. this going to work? How is this going to play out? Some Adar versus Sauron. How is this going to? How is he going to take control of Mordor? Yeah, and of course, you take the last one here, Joel. Oh yes, the one thing that we are probably most excited for in season two to see the first. No, I suppose it's not true. He was in the prologue and at the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But we're talking about, we're excited to see Círdan, the motherfucking shipwright. Shafted. 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 And the beard is non-negotiable on this Non-negotiable. This is a make or break the show. Yeah, make or break the show, guys. In case no, you guys don't know, it is confirmed Kyrdon is going to be in the next season. Yes. And, and yeah. if he does not have a beard, we will be cutting off all content about the Rings yep. of Power and never discussing it again. Never discussing it again. If he does not have a beard, like we said, non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Make or break. That's it. So let's get into some... That's about uh, you know all we want to see in season two. We're mm-hmm. not going to throw too much shit in there because we don't... You know, There's a lot of stuff going on. There's five seasons, so... Yeah, yeah. So let's... Let's just kind of some wrap things up, getting to the end of the episode here. Some some final thoughts. So the show was far from perfect. Mm-hmm. We admit that. And it definitely had potential, but Amazon, as we found, they fumbled the ball in multiple areas. Right. We don't think the show is as bad as the Hobbit movies, obviously, because those are a fucking travesty before God and Man. Yeah, those are just also just bad movies. Uh, but it's certainly not as good as the original trilogy. So it's somewhere mm-hmm. in between. Somewhere between. Uh, but to be clear, while the show has its downs, it certainly has its ups too. Overall, we found ourselves enjoying the show. Yeah, I look forward to it every week. I'm s- still excited to see what's going to happen in season two. I ho- you know, it's going to be a long yeah. time. And- yeah, and like we mentioned earlier, oddly enough, simply enjoying this show for what it is seems to be a hot take nowadays. Yeah, y'all, so. a lot of you people need to just take your negativity down a notch or two. Yeah, we don't think that it's fair for people who love the trilogy to be so upset by the Rings of Power, because like we mentioned earlier, the trilogy also took a lot of liberties. Yes, and again, refer back to our episode of 47, mm-hmm. Things We Hate About the Lord of the Rings Trilogy. We we really wish that people would cut the same slack to Rings of Power that they do for the trilogy in their nostalgic mind, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's called an adaptation for a reason. Yeah, we realize that film and literature are two completely different things. Mm-hmm. They don't directly translate. 
But ultimately, what I what I'm getting at with this adaptation talk is ultimately a new adaptation will only bring new fans to the literature. You guys, mm-hmm. we admittedly were brought here by the Peter Jackson films, yes. right? Yeah, that's where it started for me. Yeah, and even if one one in every thousand people that watch this show end up reading the books, that is huge for our community, guys. It is a new member of the community is everything. Yes. Welcome your new nerds. Don't shun them just don't because they them. don't know something. And yeah, let's keep Tolkien alive for a new gener. No, Tolkienism alive for a new generation, guys. It's a beautiful fucking thing, man. Yeah, welcome in new nerds with open arms. If they get something wrong, show them how cool it is. In the book, in the book, know? show yeah. them, the, show them the right information, and show them how fucking cool it is. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. be be nice to these people. Don't be uh, don't be elitist, gatekeeping dicks. Yeah, we want to encourage because these new fans. I hate to say it, but Tolkien fans have a history of doing that. It's true. In the Tolkien community, there are a lot of gatekeeping assholes, and that's sad. It's one of the things I don't like about our community, guys. And I wish it would change. Let's work to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, these are, well, take them under your wing. And we just want to say, uh, if anybody here, because this is an episode about the Rings of Power, mm-hmm. if anybody is listening to this that came here because of the Rings of Power and they don't know shit about the books or anything else, and this is your first KOT episode, first of all, welcome to the KOT community. Yeah, yeah. Um, and welcome to the Tolkien community. All are welcome here. Yes, we at KOT welcome you to the Tolkien community with open arms. Yes, and if there's anything you want to know, hit us up about it because we love talking about it. We love, we especially love questions we don't know the answers to. Yes. Because that means we will find you the answers because we want to know too. We want, yeah, exactly. It's awesome. Join the community. Join the community, guys. Yeah, and welcome new people in. If anybody is like a casual watcher of the show, give them a copy, you know, borrow them your copy of the Fellowship or Or the Silmarillion. Silmarillion even. Yeah. Yeah. Because this that's this information's in the Silmarillion, so yeah. But I think that's about all we have to say about Rings of Power for now. Yeah, that's all we've got for you today, guys, for episode seventy. So uh, tune in next week for episode seventy-one, and that's going to be the history of the Kingdom of Khazad-dûm. Yeah, stay tuned. Check yeah. it out. Relevant to the Rings of Power series as well. Yes, sir. All right, guys, thanks for listening to KOT Podcast. Uh, we want to thank, uh, throw out a big thank you to all of our patrons on you. Patreon. Big, thank you. big, big, big thank you. Subscribe to Patreon to help uh, support us if you'd like. That's www.patreon.com slash KOT Podcast. Yeah, that just helps us bring you the same great content at the same level of quality you come to expect. We're always trying to get better. Subscribing can also unlock some exclusive content go check it out yeah and this uh yeah this comes out after Hagerty, right yeah yep. so all that if you loved all that Hagerty museum of art stuff that we did and we have a lot of content yeah from that we've got tiktoks we've got uh we've got a companion piece we've got a full episode check all that stuff out if you loved that that was all patreon shit like yeah we could not have done that without our patreon subscribers yes we owe everything to you thank you so much for what you do and if uh patreon uh, subscriptions are not your speed maybe you're a one-time donations kind of person that's absolutely okay we can make that happen we have paypal and other services just contact us on your favorite social media we'll make it work yeah any and all donations are welcome and make a huge difference Mm mm-hmm don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can go to that platform and do forward slash keep on Tolkien and make sure to stay up to date with all of our new episodes. And while you're there, please rate us and give us a nice review if you like us. Uh, if you don't, just uh, move on. Just move on with your life move and, on. you know, say lovey, you know. <laughs> um, 
uh also join us uh follow us on social media let's do discord first discord is the most direct and active way to talk to us absolutely there's going to be a link in the description go check it out yep link in the description should be links in the description of pretty much all of our youtube videos and stuff now so uh you know the the newer ones at least yeah but um yeah so click that link it opens up discord super easy to do join join up go ahead and join the server Go ahead and follow us on Twitter as well, at KOT Podcast. Yes, for sure. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash official keep on talking. Yeah, and while you're there, don't forget to join the KOT Talk group. Ask us questions and do some discussing. Share some memes. It's it's fun. Join the community. Yeah, also follow us on Instagram at keep on talking podcast. And of course, don't forget to check out the merch store. No, you got to check it out, guys. It's so cool. Rep your favorite podcast. Yeah, and if you were wondering all those weekly reacts, Joel was wearing uh, merch for most of them. Yes, yes. So if you want to see what they look like, go check out those weekly reacts. Check out that merch. Get your uh, own. Yeah, Trevor was wearing one, too, when yeah. he was on the show. So yeah, go check those out. Um, and that's, once again, keep-on-tolkien-podcast.tmill.com. All right, guys. That's everything for us today. I am Danny J. And I'm Joel N. As always, keep keep on on talking. Aure in Tuluva. Inject some positivity. Aure in friggin' Tuluva.